Welcome to the Color of Ideas podcast. Once again, I come to you from an area state park. You might be able to hear the cicadas. You might even be able to hear my footfalls on the trail here. Uh, A little cooler than it has been, 91, and some cloud cover makes it almost pleasant. (laughs) I look forward to cooler weather. Well, anyway, I'm excited about today's podcast, which I expect to be the longest I've ever recorded. And it's all about a surprising turn of events, which has happened for me just this past last week. And it's, it's a game changer for me. Is it a good game changer? Well, I think so. Um, I'm going to take my time in developing the story, which goes back to this past March 2021, when I opened my studio space in Dallas. Now, the location, uh, I was, the space I leased for six months was approximately uh, 20 feet by 30 feet. Actually, I think that's too large because let's make that 15 feet by 20 feet. That sounds better. Okay, 15 by 20. And the room itself that I was in was much larger, like 2,500 square feet, and was divided up into four sections. Now, the division was uh, just tape on the floor. So it's quite an open space. At one end... There was an, an established artist, a muralist, and he had a very large space, about four times, three to four times size the one that I times the one that I had. And because he was so visual, it was set up beautifully. And then there were three, three other sections in this larger room. One section was never rented. Another section was rented, but. I rarely ever saw that artist, and she had very little in her space. So it was basically just me in my small rectangle and the other guy, who was also often not there. (laughs) So it made for a, a wonderful experience for me, which I greatly enjoyed. Now, when I leased my spot, it was explained to me that the muralist at the end. He was something like the captain of the room. That term captain wasn't used, but the idea was I understood that he had some level of uh, authority over the room. Um, But I didn't know how extensive that was at the time. And what happened is that turned into an issue. The first time I had to stare at this was asking about putting a studio address on the exterior door to our space. I mean, we have an address within that complex, and I wanted, like, at least 24-inch numbers on the clear glass door uh, indicating this is our location. Everyone else has numbers on their door. We had none. And because uh, the location 
of the space is the back side of the building, off of the parking lot. It's not where people are naturally going to uh, walk by. They will drive by it, though, when they go into the parking lot because we were, that studio was located in the back at a specific entrance. So every car would have to pass our doorway. They might be uh, 30 feet away, but they could see the door. And there was nothing on the door. Okay, I also suggested that we have three-foot signage on the um, masonry wall, exterior masonry wall, that indicated something like art. So people would know there's art here. And the two other spaces that were directly next to us, they had indeed large signage on their wall promoting their spaces. Okay, now I took this to the room captain, so to speak, the studio captain, and said, how about if we put large numbers on the door? I said, I have the kind of markers that can be wiped off that would work well on glass. Can I put numbers on the door? And he said, sure. All right, so I did. Big white numbers. Okay, I, I came back to the studio the next day and they had been completely wiped off. And the muralist had put something much smaller, quirky, interesting, but not visible for a drive-by. You know, all those cars that go by our studio, you're not going to see that. And if you're walking, you're not going to see it either because when we would be inside the studio and the fluorescent lighting was on, it, it compromised the visibility of what the muralist, the room captain, had created. So I found that disturbing. And as far as uh, putting the word art on the exterior wall, three foot letters, uh, he was completely against that. So I suggested, well, you know, I have this removable white contact paper, which I could put right over uh, the white wall, could be removed at any time, but it will stay intact and hold up very well in all sorts of weather because I use this contact paper on our car to create artwork and it's been there for years. So I know all of this from personal experience. No, he didn't want that either. So his suggestion was he wanted a small neon sign that I suppose would say art. I don't know what it would say. He just said he wanted a small neon sign and he indicated the design concept but again, quirky, creative, but too small. Not going to get anyone's attention or even be legible, so to speak, unless you were right in front of it. So, and that has never materialized. So there's no signage indicating that these are art studios because that's all that's in that room. You have to be a painter. No other kind of art was accepted for that room. All right, so these were difficult issues for me. And then I, I bumped into another level of control. The developer who owns this building, he has a brand concept 
which does not include uh, quirky and creative at, at all. <laughs> so the studio I've been in is on the lower level of this huge campus. And I asked about the possibility of my hanging paintings in the hallway. Now, the hallway is, is a different arrangement from what I have, uh, my, my studio space. Once you walk out the interior door from this, my studio, you have halls and you have what I would call cages of various sizes. Some are very large, but instead of having cubicle walls or uh, dry, dry wall, you have um, a hardwired uh, fencing court sort of thing. So I call them cages, which sounds terrible, but it doesn't have to be terrible. You can think of it as open, but uh, but you know it's it's not the, the usual setup. Uh, another thing that makes it challenging to be in those spaces is that there isn't any air conditioning. So it's not like being in the jungle during a hot Texas summer, but it is unpleasant. There are no fans. You do have air and some movement because doors are opening and air conditioning kind of filters out a little bit from like our studio, but, but it, it's, it is a, a consolation to come in in the shade and have some air from being outside, but it is challenging, it is challenging. Okay, so I talked with a couple people uh, who have uh, uh, caged spaces about hanging my artwork. It hangs very well, all you need is an S-hook and, and I can hang on those uh, wired walls. So this one woman who has a space of about 15 by 30 uh, right outside um, the studio where I'm in. Now she's in the interior hall there. I asked her, could I put up some artwork there while I'm in the studio and then remove it before I leave for the day? And her response was, sure. And if you like, I love your artwork, just leave it there all the time. So that was encouraging. And I found someone else in the same hallway who said the same thing. All right, now that's idea number one. Okay, idea number two, right outside the interior door of, of my studio, uh, there's a, a new bathroom that was created. You know, there hadn't been one there at all. So the walls were put up and the plumbing was brought in and two very nice bathrooms were created. The exterior walls um, were painted and I asked about taking one of my large un, uh, unstretched canvases and tacking it on the exterior wall. Now, the cool thing for me was that two of the walls for this uh, bathroom are painted a, a brilliant blue. Uh, and so as it happens, the unstretched canvas I wanted to put on there um, was used the same blue. So it looked like it was painted on there. So I thought that would be a great idea. And 
So that was idea number two. Okay, idea number three. Uh, in this hallway, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but this whole complex was formerly a manufacturing space for decades. And for some reason, there was this large, heavy urn in that hallway. Now, I don't think that goes back to the 70s. I think it was, who knows, it was, but it's been there for as long as people who are currently working at the studio, as long as they can remember, which is only uh, four or five years, because that's how long this campus has been up and running. So, I, and it has a round, uh, heavy plexiglass over the top of it, so it creates sort of an urn table, if you like, quite heavy. And I inquired about creating a sculpture to put there. Okay, now that's idea number three. Okay, now here's idea number four. And all of these went to the developer. Okay, the property manager, these are all over her head. These are all decisions which the developer slash owner, he would have to approve of. So the fourth idea was I asked about creating a newsletter for all the tenants at the space. I'm not using the name of the space because I don't want to give bad publicity specifically to the place. This is really unique to me and my response. It, it needn't affect other people at all, but I do want to share it because it's helped me to articulate a lot of things that have been going on these last five months, which I didn't pay attention to. All right, so the newsletter idea. I have been a freelance writer for decades. I love to write. I'm a communicator, can you tell? And I put a whole list of concepts that I wanted to put in that would be potential subjects and topics for, for the newsletter. And I thought they all were great. But uh, I've sent this to the developer. Now, I didn't send it all at one time because the ideas didn't come at one time. Uh, the newsletter came first, and then a week later, I asked about uh, developing what I wanted to call an art walk in uh, the lower level. And then later, just a few days later, the idea came about the unstretched canvas on the bathroom. And so they didn't all come to get, uh, at once. So I'm sure the, uh, the owner felt inundated, even bothered by me. Uh, he sees himself as, you know, so busy with not just that property. This guy's a wheeler dealer in the Metroplex and has a, a large portfolio of buildings and ideas. He's a great idea person, very creative. And I was keeping him from bigger issues by dragging him back to the squeaky wheel, the, the noisy pot, me. Okay, so after numerous rounds of emails, he finally said to me, I don't want to do any of these things. He was already thinking of doing a newsletter and he wants to use professionals to write it and he wants it to follow specific guidelines and he wants it to 
jive with his concept and brand for the whole campus. And he said, if I wanted to work with them, they could give me guidelines, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I just don't work like that. Um, you know, good luck to you in developing that, which is going to cost him a lot of money. I was offering to do it for free. <laughs> uh, but, um, of course, I didn't laugh at him. I just said, I can't operate in that kind of situation. I don't want anything to do with it has to be like this and no topics but these and no things. No things. Okay, and then as far as the sculpture and the painting on the bathroom and the artwork on the basement and on the cages, where I already had permission from two people and I hope to get permission from others, um, his response was, I don't like the idea at all, but you keep nagging me. Of course, I didn't keep nagging him, but I did send four specific emails. They were different. They didn't all come in together so he put them as all about the same thing and which is no problem so he his final decision was I'm against it but I'll give it a trial just to make you happy uh, be prepared for me to change my mind all right now this took over a week to get through and a final decision and I, I found it exhausting I'm basically uh, dealing with a person who is against everything that I suggest. I had proposed months earlier with a large painting in one of the bathrooms, which I thought looked fabulous. And the property manager didn't even let me um, send that to the owner. She shot that down right off. He'll never like that. Take it out. It was like four feet by five feet. I thought it looked fabulous. Bold, abstract, bright colors and a bathroom that had all white walls. And I had it tacked to a strip of wood, uh, which was at the very top of the wall. Okay, so I took that down. So do you get the idea here? Creatively, I just felt stifled. Now, what took me over the top was finding out last week that the back walls at the this, at this, this studio space, which is like 70 feet long and I don't know, 10 feet high, um, they are not common space as it was represented to me. They belong entirely to the muralist who has his space at the end. And so the muralist sent me a text and said, I would like you take down your four paintings because I want the whole center section of the back wall empty. I'm thinking empty. Oh, great. That what would be the thinking there? I don't know. I have no idea. I was wounded by that thought. I mean, there's no room in my tiny little space to put them. So I got in touch with the property owner, the property manager, and I said, he wants those down. Do I have any recourse? And she promptly got back to me. She's always prompt and said, the wall space is completely his. The only reason we gave you that section at the end was because you have larger works 
and that was just a favor we were doing for you. And when I asked, can I take that painting down and hang, hang it differently, make that one wall, that uh, 10 foot wall, can I put up a whole bunch of smaller paintings on there and create a whole new exhibit? I mean, I could have gotten quite a few paintings on there, 10 feet by 12 feet, something like that. And she said, no, no, you may not do that. Okay, that's only for exhibit space of your large canvases that can't fit anywhere else. So another shot down idea. Well, I didn't know how hindered and confined I felt creatively until last week when this last straw hit, so to speak. And it began to affect me. Um, so that even when I was home, it was disturbing my sleep, it was disturbing my peace of mind deeply. Okay, so then I started thinking to myself, sort of just brainstorming, and I thought to myself, what if I get out of that studio? Well, lo and behold, uh, as soon as I hit on that idea, I could feel the peace just pour into me. My psychology, my physical body, my emotions, everything just seemed peaceful and happy once I hit on that idea. Leave the studio. Now, I had one more month to go, and additionally, I had uh, already signed on for the next six months, which were not to be even begin until the middle of September, September 19th to be exact. So I emailed the owner and said, after consideration, I have decided I do not want to renew my lease, which I had signed, uh, and I would like to leave here. I also said, if you want me out immediately, I could forfeit three weeks of rent um, as an offering, you know, that I've inconvenienced you or whatever. So I heard back from the owner, and here's what he told me. I want you out immediately, and I want $600 from you for breaking your lease. Now, I found that disturbing, but I let that go. And I said, okay, all right, so I lose three weeks of rent, and I have to pay him $600. Now, I will be paying that amount next week. I was planning to mail him a check, mail his office a check, and I was planning to uh, give a detail, pretty much of what I've gone, uh, I've explained in this podcast. I was going to lay that all out point by point, and that none of these things were made clear to me, that the, the muralist has absolute control. I mean, check this out. I could not put paintings outside unless he approved of them. So, for instance, he told me one day, I had four paintings out, he said, I like this one and that one. 
please bring the other two in, which I did. And I said, well, how about when you're not here? He said, I still only want two paintings out there. And these are the ones that I like. Okay, well, more control. All right, so I had planned. Uh, okay, I'll send the check. That'll be tomorrow. And I'm going to make a list of all, all this stuff. And so happens, I'm reading a book about a, a desert monk, so to speak, named Paphnutius. Okay, and in the, the um, introduction to this book, it happens to talk about forgiveness. And even when you have a case against people that make that makes sense, let it go and walk away. Now, those aren't the exact words, but that's the concept. And I was reading this with my husband and I said, gee whiz, I was hoping to get my last revenge by putting this on that guy. And now I, I can't point the finger and say anything because it convicted me. Okay, so I am not going to say anything to him. I am sending him a check and I'm, I am doing this. I'm sending him a magnet, which is about four inches by five inches. It's a color copy of some artwork that I did back in June. And I didn't know when I created this in June that <laughs> I was actually painting about the experience of feeling confined and constricted the whole time I was there at the studio. And this small little piece is a perfect example of this. Uh, it's bounded on the top and the bottom by black. And the middle, to the left is black, to the right is black. And then there's like a white, no, a red square in the middle. And in that red square is something that looks like a, a Chinese character who is who, because I see it as me, who is cramped into this alarmingly small space. It's, there's, there are a few other elements to it, but these are the key points. And it is just screaming. I'm smothering. And Saturday, Friday and Saturday, that's when I was packing up the studio. I'm completely moved out now. Uh, Saturday or Friday, one of them, when I was packing up, I had all these unstretched canvases, which I had done these past five months. And looking at each one as I rolled them up, I saw the same thing. I have been painting about constriction and uh, attack, creative attack. Uh, the whole time I was there, it was really quite a surprise. If you're interested in seeing the artwork and reading something about this, you can go to my Facebook page, Carolyn Ellis Art, and get around to um, August, I don't know, what is it would be, 27th, 28th, something in there, and you'll see that. Um, so that's pretty much the whole story. So I, I am disappointed on one level because I really thought I had found my space. It's the muralist and the owner who just shot this down. The environment itself, the people there, you know, that was all working for me. Uh, no more. Uh, now, bringing my artwork home, what comes next, I don't know. Um, I'm an, 
a positive thinking kind of person. I'm also a person of faith. So, you know, God will provide the next phase. I don't have anything to worry about. My, is anyone going to look at my artwork? I'm not concerned about those issues. I have an interior drive, an interior force that is pressing me on. And through making abstract art, uh, I find these huge insights about myself, uh, my identity, my vision. Just like I was saying, there's five months of painting there. Every piece that I did is talking to me. All of my artwork talks to me. I was missing the topic though, until now, which is interesting. So I'm very excited about the future. My studio at home is, a, is our large uh, cathedral ceilinged living room. My husband and I, we use the third bedroom as a den. So this large, well-lit, wonderful space is my studio, which now looks, <laughs> looks terrible because everything is just in there, uh, helter skelter. But I'm going to create a new space. I have a new idea and I'm thrilled about that. I'll probably talk about that next week. And how will I promote and how will I connect with people and my art? I don't care, it'll come to me. But I know this, I'm thrilled to be outside of control and I'm ready for a bright future of hope. Catch you next time, so long.